For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. We made it. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. We got to talk about Peloton. We got to talk about uh, what you do when your stock rips higher by 10 to 15%. Uh, and uh, we got to talk about oil today. I think those are going to be the themes of today. Don't forget, Jerome Powell at 10 a.m. Eastern Time is speaking at Jackson Hole. Uh, I have a hunch that we will live stream that on our channel. Uh, Anne-Marie Ben is our first guest today, 8 to 35. She's from thetradingbook.com. And then Peter Tuckman will join us today at 9 uh, from Wall Street Global Trading Academy. A lot to get to. We'll take questions from our chat. Drop us a like if you could with the elbow, with the finger, with your foot, whatever. It doesn't matter how you hit it. Just hit the button. Thank you very much. Joel, Dennis, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Uh, doing well, Spencer. Uh, caught a bid just under yesterday's low. Uh, rallied uh, up to eighty-four and a quarter, but we're hanging. We're up nine handles at uh, forty-four seventy-five and a half. Uh, crude, different factors for the crude rally today, but that's up a buck thirty-three at sixty-eight seventy-five. Uh, gold making another attempt to clear and hold eighteen hundred up. 320 at 61798 40 silver up 14 cents 2368 bitcoin up 500 bucks at 47450 and ethereum futures are in the green too they're up 47 dollars and 25 cents at 3170.75 good morning triple d how is wow. the uh how's the uh last friday in august in uh northern canada Pretty good. We haven't had rain in about a month, but so everything is dry and crispy, and it's been seasonally hot, but good boating weather, so it's been good. All right, well, so we've kind of have a topsy turvy week, and uh, coming into Friday here, we got we got some uh, macro stuff going on, huh, Spencer? We do. Uh, Bostic was on CNBC for the last. It was not there. And he's not. He's not on now. They got some. They got, they got the uh, the Philly Fed president. Philly Harker. Fed's on. They got everybody on. Harker's Harker. on now. They're, they're going. Know, Harker never gets any love. No, you, you never see him. His name. Yeah, uh, there's Harker. Yeah. Patrick. Anyway, uh, yeah. It's it, today's going to be all about Fed speak, right? We got Jerome Powell at ten o'clock at Jackson Hole, um, virtually. Um, they they have come out and said yes. We have. We have begun talking about tapering. Uh, are they going to? But ta- it's only transitory. Okay, but wait. <laughs> that, that, that was a joke, but it took me a second to get. Um, are, are are they going to take it a step further this time around? Uh, what what Bostic basically basically said today was, um, yeah, if we if um, if we decide that the the economic data is right now is where it was at the beginning of the summer, then yeah, that would certainly qualify our that would meet our definition as uh like improving uh circumstances or like an improving economy. Uh that would that would then lead us to want to taper uh and 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 pull back on the uh the monetary easing. So uh that'll be kind of what what drives us today, right? Is is what Jerome Powell says 
in two hours uh, from now. So everything else, I, th- I think, sort of takes a back seat uh, to that. Um, but I do want to talk. Uh, I, I'm wondering, uh, Dennis, since Joel and I spoke yesterday afternoon, I, I want to get your thoughts on on, on yesterday. You know, sometimes we we get these these events, these macro events that's, mm. that sort of change the direction of the day on a dime like that. Uh, we had that yesterday with with the events in in Kabul. Um, and as as I, as I was noting to Joel yesterday, the 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 market there was there was a a, a bombing. There was one bombing that that started uh, being reported at around nine thirty a.m. yesterday morning. Um, did not really move markets at all. It wasn't until like forty five minutes later. That uh, the the second bombing was reported, that markets began to move off of that. I'm wondering what you were seeing yesterday morning as all that was going down. I mean, and the, the markets have so many things to worry about, and yeah. you know, it's it's it seems to just shrug it off. All those overall worries, at least the S and P does, anyways. But I mean, you can clearly see that they started smacking the small caps harder than anything. I mean, we know SPY to a certain extent has been a flight to safety. That's why. You actually look and the S&P doesn't go down because Fang, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google uh, um, obviously have all been um, flight to safety stocks here as of late. And then you've got the consumer staples in there. We've talked about the utilities in there. You start to add it all up with 24% of those big five and the consumer staples and the utilities and the other stuff. you got like 40% of the S&P that's defensive. That's why it's not a great indicator for the overall market, at least anymore with those five market cap stocks being so high. But when you look at the IWM, it gives you a better indicator. And I mean, we dropped one and a half percent in literally 15 minutes uh, after, you know, we got the news of of the bombing. Right. So, I mean, the market is spooked about it. Uh, it's another thing to worry about. Is this the start of something bigger? It, it's hard to say. I think, you know, Biden, you know, talked tough yesterday saying we're going to hunt them down and get the people who did this. Um, you know, but we've been trying to, we've been fighting ISIS for a long time. So, you know, are we going to war here? Is war imminent? I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what the market is saying. I, I don't think right? so either. Yeah. I think it's just something more and, and a little bit of an excuse to take profits because let's be honest, when we look here at what the IWM had done, and we said this on yes, we said this yesterday morning. So this isn't just out of the blue. Um, we specifically said that, you know, if you're buying stocks yesterday, you're absolutely doing it backwards because we, you know, had a six day sell off and then we got it all back in four days and multiple people, you know, tweeting at me saying, wow, the IWM looks great now. Does it after it just has a 5% or 4% up move in four days? That's chasing. This has not been the environment. In some environments, it pays to chase. Not, not many, but in this environment, it definitely has not. It seems like you always get another chance. I mean, look at Alibaba. So much media love. On Tuesday, when the, yeah. we had the big gap up, and it's back 174, and everybody on CNBC is like, rah, rah, Alibaba. Yeah, you know, we were telling you this was cheap, and here it is. But not so fast. You often get, you know, when stocks are in clear downtrends like Alibaba, you often get a second chance. And look where we are three days later. We just gave back two-thirds of the move. So I would say now, if you really thought you missed the Alibaba move, at least you have a pullback now you could strike stopping yourself out on the low of the move. But, you know, big tangent here. Overall, there's lots of things for this market to worry about. We have a hurricane trade all of a sudden potentially to worry about as well, which came out of nowhere. So there's lots of things for this market to worry about. It seems to find a way to just grind its way higher anyways. 
I, I didn't even know about the hurricane until you mentioned it just 20 minutes ago. It came ago. out of nowhere. I didn't even hear about it. It, it. it came out of nowhere. So, like, yeah, no, this was on nobody's radar as of, you know, yesterday morning. And then all of a sudden, it pops up in the Gulf. And it looks like it could go straight at New Orleans on Sunday. So, I mean, this is not got, This is not going to be a major. It's not going to be a five. But they're saying it projected out could be a two or a three. And it's the pathway that is somewhat concerning. So, you look at the stocks and you have not really seen much of a hurricane trade here yet. GNRC is obviously the first stock you think about when you're looking at hurricane trades. Home Depot and Lowe's, which had terrible days. Home Depot had a terrible day yesterday, has been in the gutter. But those are two other stocks you think about. Um, and then you think oil stocks as well. So you've got multiple reasons for oil rallying. One, if you're, you're getting tensions in the Middle East, that's going to be a reason for oil to rise. Two, short-term hurricane. So I'm not surprised oil is catching a bit here this morning. And what do we what do we always say? Um, well, not we. Everyone always says it, right? Markets look for reasons to to go down. We haven't had a five percent sell off in ten months, right? So markets, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's events in Afghanistan, whatever, markets always look for reasons to go yeah, down. And I say that is BS because the IWM did sell off ten percent, and I'm done. All right, with the SPY as the indicator, I've I buried it two weeks ago. Fine. I buried it because half of it is defensive. Half of it is defensive Fine. now. It's not, but technology, mega, at least mega cap technology is seen as defensive. When this market goes into trouble, people pile into Apple and they pile into Microsoft because they know that has been the safest place to be. Is that smart? Is it really truly defensive like a utility stock? Probably not, but that's what the market is doing. So as of right now, the S&P has been a very poor indicator for the overall market where you got the IWM. You know, which has obviously been a much better indicator of what stocks are doing overall. So the average stock, I will tell you right now, is not at an all-time high. There is a ton of stocks that are not at all-time highs. But, you know, you've got the majors that are keeping the market afloat. So wait, I, I want to get I want to get Joel's thoughts on, on the other Bobby here since we just went there. So there's nothing like price to change sentiment, right? So Monday, Tuesday, Alibaba rallies. Oh, we oh, yeah, I mean... Was it oversold? Maybe. Sure. Do you come in now? Oh, I don't know. Um, but, but to Dennis's point, if if you loved it at one, if you liked it at one seventy four, you should you should love like it, it at one sixty. Love well. it at one sixty, right, Joel? Yeah, you're coming down. You had a gap at sixty one forty seven at sixty eight six. So it filled that uh, low of the move. Uh, if you're going to lean on to the low of the move, fifty two eighty was the actual low. Uh, Alibaba, we'll see if it gets down uh, ahead of uh, uh, that 5280. Uh, there was a couple lows under 160 as well. So uh, we'll see how this reacts. Uh, I usually, when, I, when I've been looking at Baba over the last week and stuff, when it, when it has these big down days and then shows a recovery off those lows, it looks like it, you know, just kind of feels like it's going to get that move overnight. So we'll see what happens today. Right now, it doesn't feel like that 152.80 is going to be in play. Uh, but, you know, if you're talking about a, a longer term swing trade, you're picking it up at 160 ish. I mean, giving yourself, you know, if you really think there's going to be a meaningful move up north, then you know, risking even under that 152.80. But uh, that that's a setup for Alibaba. Wait, wait, it's a much better setup, setup today, today than it oh, was sure. on Tuesday. And this is what people do wrong. And, you know, what we try to do on this show, I know people come here for stock picks, but it's not a stock picking show. This is a teaching show. And what I try to pound in everybody's head is why I'm a broken record sometimes, and some people like that, some people don't. 
But I think that's how we learn is by hearing the same thing multiple times is that when you get a stock gapping up on huge volume, you know, a stock has been in a clear downtrend like it was on Tuesday and it's running up 20 bucks and you're like, Alibaba is back. You've been stuck in this thing. You use that as a selling opportunity, not a buying opportunity. And if you were using it as a selling opportunity, boom, there's 14 points. Now you're getting the pullback. If you really thought, and you know what? It, it might have been maybe Monday's capitulatory event, which, you know, obviously was a significant sell off again down to 152.80. The valuation is really cheap, but it's cheap stocks seem to get cheaper. You know, maybe you do strike. I still have my long term position in Alibaba. It's back to where I bought it was five years ago. So it's given back five years of gains now, Alibaba. It doesn't make sense. If the political risk, you know, wasn't on the table, I would be backing up the truck and loading up Alibaba if the political risk wasn't on the table. But I don't know what China's next move is. I don't know what China's going to say next. I don't know if Alibaba's back in favor. I don't think it is over there with the government. I don't know if Jack Ma is back in favor with the government. I don't think he is. We don't even hear from Jack Ma, really. So we know he's okay, but he's kind of went right out of, you know, you think about where Jack Ma was, you know, with the with, with China three years ago and where he is now. He's definitely on the outs. Like they're not, he's not in favor. It's not with- just him. It's just, you know, it, it's the other other people that um, have accumulated wealth, you know, as a Well, that's always the been US the way markers. in China. But, but they still have their favorites over there. And Jack Ma was, you know, one of the, you know, their arms around, you know, Chi, you know, back. Think about that. You know, you know <laughs> they were yeah. buddies three years ago. Not anymore. And that's an issue. It would never be an issue in the U.S. I mean, Google gets called to antitrust, you know, they don't even show up sometimes. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, that's it's a completely different, you know, environment over here. So political risk is a major factor. And that's the only factor why Alibaba is trading at $160 this morning. Because if this was a U.S. company in the U.S., the stock would be double the price that it is right now. But the political risk is 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 real. And that's why I haven't re-added the stock that I sold at 200 and some odd dollars. So do I want to re-add it? Maybe, but I don't even like the feel of China still yet. But you know what? If you want to put it on for a swing trade today, I'd say stop yourself out at the low of the move, 152.80. You had, this is all textbook technicals. You had the capitulation, it was oversold. You had the knee-jerk dead cat bounce, and now you're retesting. Does the retest hold? We don't know the answer to that question, but this is the retest. And if you think it's going to hold, that's when you strike. So I would say, if you want to try Alibaba for a buy down here, I won't argue with you. I might try it, but stop yourself out at the low of the move. So you're risking eight bucks. It's not great, 5%, but the stock moves around. You know, you could have a headline overnight that's going to slam the stock 10 bucks over the weekend. It could happen. But I tend to think there's some people who didn't buy on Monday, and they were having, you know, you know, the FOMO hitting them on Tuesday, and maybe all of a sudden, you know, some of those people who are like, okay, I missed it, they might take this as a second chance. So I actually don't mind the setup here, even though the stock's in a clear downtrend. I don't mind risking eight bucks because I do think there's some upside if, if you know, obviously the stock can hold those lows. And uh, you know, one other thing, if you if you tuned in on uh, on Saturday when I talked about the technical analysis and you know the institution accumulation, you know, what if there's some big boys, some big fish out there that want to own it at one fifty five, one sixty? I think there is, and they didn't get their stock. I mean, it takes institutions days, weeks, months to accumulate this stock. So 
you know, that's just a hypothetical situation, but they're not buying it at 165. They're not buying it at 170. You're not buying it at 175. But they're buying they give, the 150s. Yeah. Exactly. So the question is, can you get it at the double bottom? Somebody making a point in the chat. You're going to get a shot at 152? No, no. You might. Know. You might. I mean, you might. If if it came all the way down to 152, though, then you start thinking it's probably just going to take it out and go lower. <laughs> I know, I know. So it often is, you know, in these things, they give you the shot, but they don't give it all the way down there if it really wants to bounce. So I don't know. I'm on the fence, but I, I would say this. I would rather be buying the 160 than selling short the 160. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say at this point in time, because I think there's some buyers hiding the woods here for Alibaba here yet. And, and the last thing is, the, the other thing that bothers me a little bit is that I thought they cleared things up. I thought that they had come to a resolution and they were being fined a couple billion. I thought that was over with. You yeah, know? it doesn't appear to be. And, and you still get it, so... Uh, but there, there's you go with, with uh, trading down. I mean, you can always look at the pre-market low as a is a parameter, and if you take out what is the pre-market, pre-market low? Pre-market low comes in at one fifty nine thirty five. Little bit of a bounce. You can lean on that too. Yeah. Do you yeah. really want? If Just you don't depends want to what down your to that, yeah, your appetite for risk is. You know, you can really... put on any trade. You know, we can say it and write that down. You can put on anything you want, any trade you want. As long as you know where you're out is, do not get caught holding the bag. So you got to say, okay, I'm going to enter this trade, and this is my contingency plan. If it goes wrong, I'm going to stop myself out here. The best traders in the world all do the same thing. They manage their risk. I'm not kidding. There's some there's some newer traders that are doing really well in this environment because we've been in this raging bull market. But you know, once they go through a bear market, those traders will blow up. You've got to manage risk to be in this game for the long term. As a trader, you have to be able to manage risk. You have to have discipline. People who don't take losses eventually take huge losses. And and the same goes for like support.com, right? SPRT, which has been like your biggest mover of the week. It's up, Crazy stuff. It, it's up again here this morning. It's getting doubled, doubling up, again. It might hit 40 like it, soon, right? What is the story here? What it was the driver? You know, I see this stock in my filter all the time, yeah. and I was like, I don't touch it because it's something too crazy for me. Yeah, well, it's got a high short interest, and it's got a it's got a low float. It's one of these again. So, but 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 to Dennis's point, you can you can buy this now if you have a stop. If you can, I don't know how you stop yourself. Well, well, you I don't even know how you can. You set an arbitrary, I don't know, five percent loss, right? Five. And, and, and in all loss. likelihood, you're going to get stopped out ninety percent of the time with a five percent loss. On and so and you're going to get and a halt. Well, you can get caught yeah. in a halt. Um, Joel, no, that's it, correct too. You're going to get volatility halts in here. Let yeah. me see. Let me see. Did did the stock halt yesterday? Let me look. I'll tell you, it's going to today. It's up 99%. We don't have volatility pauses in the pre market for those asking. Yeah. Uh, it's only during the regular session. But yeah, you're right. This is going to, this, this is in full upside capitulation mode now. So you got to think like it's going to top out today. You just don't know where. No, no halts. No halts this week. So, um, yeah, it's been Never a says. steady grind. I don't know if this is. I don't know any of the story behind the stock. I don't know if it's a promoted stock. I don't know anything about this, so I'm not going to comment. It's got on a little, it. It's good. It's got a low float and a high short interest. That's all you need to know. This is what people are attracted to. They want to get rich fast, though. And I'm going to say it again. You're doing good on this stuff. Stick with it, I guess. But these are not the kind of stocks to get rich on. Okay, let's talk. Dennis, about, yeah, explain real run. quick. Dennis, explain the dynamics of a halt. I think we have. Uh, someone new well, there's volatility pauses that are put in so there's different parameters depending on the stock sometimes it's three percent sometimes it's five percent times sometimes ten percent it's over the course of five minute move 
So you, what you see is these limit up, limit down uh, circuit breaker system that was put in for when stocks, you know, start to move too quickly. These are only in during the regular session. So you won't see it during the pre-market. And by the way, Spencer, you just got stopped on your 5%, but it's tough. It's tough to put stops on something like this. It's tough to trade. This stuff. This is the hardest thing to trade in the whole world. Exactly. I, I like the hardest stock, the very hardest, like something moving around. It doesn't even tempt me because this is literally just going to the casino and throwing it on red or black and hoping it hits. Yeah. I mean, if you were in this thing yesterday, congratulations. You just doubled your money. I would sell. Maybe it goes to 50, maybe it goes to 80, maybe it goes back to 20. This, yeah. I, it, it could go anywhere. It can go anywhere. You can't control risk on stuff like this. Okay, so. well, let's talk about Joel's favorite stock here, Peloton. All right, this was your big report overnight, um, and they're doing something that you, that you, you never want to see. Uh, they're cutting prices. They are lowering the price of their 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 original bike product uh, by $400, I think it's 25%. Um, across the board, across all their markets. So the earnings, uh, not only is their connected user growth slowing, uh, but they're having to cut to, to to cut prices on top of that. So that was your biggest headline. That was your biggest takeaway from yesterday's report was slowing growth, which we've now seen, I think, two quarters in a row, two, three quarters in a row, and price cuts. I, I've never, I don't get it, like why it, it continues to, you know, hold on to where it is but i mean you know they have huge growth is that growth sustainable in the long run is everybody i mean if we're in perpetual lockdowns like they're in australia you know maybe you know if covid's sticking around in the world forever and we're just going to go locked down and then not locked down peloton makes sense i tend to believe that's not going to be the case that's why i find it hard to understand why somebody would want to ride their bike in the indoors like joel said made a great point pool's open now i'm going swimming yeah. There's so much competition from them, not from other indoor exercise equipment, but from the outdoors. So I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see why this should trade with the valuation that it does. But again, you know, I said that about Tesla for a long time. And Tesla kept going up. So some stocks are just, you know, they've got the story and the story stays intact and it continues to be forgiven. This thing got absolutely crushed on the initial report and it bounced and it bounced pretty hard. So, you know, you see it down six bucks. This is not actually that bad because this thing was trading $97. It's up $10 from the pre-market lows, which is honestly usually a bullish signal. So I have trouble just coming in and going to give a bear rant here because it bounced right where it should have really, which was, um, you know, if you go back down just under a hundred bucks, you get down there and you spook some people out under a hundred, but you know, it basically bounced there. So I'd say as long as the hundred bulls can still be in control here, but it's not for me. The valuation doesn't make any sense, and I just believe eventually these stay-at-home plays are going to get hammered. For all that we, you know, make make fun of Joel, maybe his habits really do represent the larger trend, right? I mean, Joel's, I think so. Joel's not using his Peloton. Maybe that's like what everyone's doing, right? Just not using their Peloton, or, or not even buying one. If, if you didn't get one before, why are you going to get one now? I don't know. Just my thought. Uh, I, I don't get it, but. Some stocks, there's lots of stocks I don't get. I think if there's one stock that I want out of my portfolio. <laughs> Joel, Joel has this and he's not allowed to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> just a, just, it just got well, upgraded by I, Bank yeah. of America too right now. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, when you're in a stock for a long time and like you read the tea leaves, you see different things. And the, the tea leaves just don't look good. 
you had the just the most nonsensical analyst move on this thing. What was that? Tuesday? Month? Yeah, Tuesday. Three guys maintained their rating. Okay. I think some of them lowered their targets. No, it wasn't bullish. There was no, no, there was a bull and a bear. Well, and lifting right now. And I just want to interrupt you. I want to say it again. It just, I just literally got the note just hand. It, it, the Bank of America. I don't even know if we have that. That's today. Yet. I'm talking right now. About... No, not not today. Like that note just came out. So, Pellet, yeah. like just a few minutes ago. Right. Do you have that in the pro yet? Uh, Bank of America just upgraded this to buy. It was analyst Justin Post went no. neutral to buy. Now you really put his want price to target this. up to one hundred and thirty-eight dollars. Okay. Now you well, really want. Wait, I'm, I'm not sorry. sure. If, I'm no, sorry. I'm just say, saying. Wait, that say, again, stuff, so. say, say it was an upgrade, and then what? Um, price target from neutral to buy from Bank America. An upgrade this morning. Well, that's interesting. Not, not, yeah. Like I mean, just heading. Okay. Just a few minutes ago. So well, well, I'm just well, looking, well, I don't Joel's think it's are, even in the pro yet. What Joel's um, referring to? Shall I proceed, or do you both want to interrupt me at this? No, time? I just want to I, interrupt because we were getting a breaking upgrade. We don't often get that where I get okay. something here. I literally in my mid sentence, somebody just sent me the note, so I don't know if, okay. if this has been circulating, but I didn't see it earlier. So right, Joel, continue. The double it was uh it was Tuesday and you can look in pro and see what it was and there it was like they're maintaining their buy. I think some people even lowered their price target, but they maintained the buy and they rallied it on Tuesday, they rallied it on Wednesday off it. And I mean it's just been in a trading range. Uh the monthly chart, I wrote this up the other day. I own it. More red monthly candles than green since making all time high in January. I mean that you know that's not a, that's not a bullish chart to me. I and I, I frankly, I don't even think it's ever going to get back to this one seventy area. It's like one of these stocks that, you know, I call it get lucky stocks. You know, you buy it real cheap, it like multiplies, and you do real good on it, and then you keep holding on, you keep holding on, and you keep holding on, and then it turns out to be like an Alibaba. That's kind of the way I feel about this one. Uh, you know, now lowering prices is not a good thing. Uh, if it, if, when it does get back to 120, it got over that level yesterday. I, I would like to sell it. It's not going to be seeing that level for quite some time. So what? keep an eye on the pre-market low to fill yesterday's gap. I'll just give you a resistance for today and potential resistance at yesterday's low 113.75. Uh, what Joel was referring to was on uh, what day was it? It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. You had a couple analysts. I think they. I think they probably knew because they came out trying to get ahead of it. They maintain. They both maintained their buy ratings, their overweight ratings, but then they lowered their price target. But then on Wednesday, oh no, I'm sorry. It was yesterday. It was Thursday morning. Yesterday morning, Needham came out and they. They also maintain their buy, but then they raise their price target up to 130, 135. It's all relative here. So what's Peloton not right now? 108, 108. Um, so anyway, the analysts um, got out ahead of this one, uh, which was interesting. Um, but the, the Needham price target raise into the report is 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 what caught mine and Joel's eye That's yesterday. Scary. So, okay. Uh, A27 here. We've covered like two stocks today. <laughs> can, we, we roll. can we do some more earnings? Yeah, do them. All right, let's do. Hmm. Can we do big lots from this morning? Let, let, well, let's do all the retail together. So we got big, right? Uh, they reported this morning and they're down, right? Yeah. Uh, EPS miss, sales miss, guidance big miss on the on the EPS guidance. Okay, we got big. We got Ollie O L L I. They're down as well. They were out oh. yesterday after the close. They missed on their EPS and missed on their sales. And we got uh, the gap. 
which also reported yesterday after the close, and they beat on both, and they raised their guidance. So um, kind of different stories there. Discount and- retailers are just, you know, been hammered in the last 24 hours. So you had Dollar Tree, Dollar General, and Burlington all get hammered on their earnings, mm-hmm. and their earnings weren't even that bad. So you literally dropped the bar for Ollie and Big Lots. They both had a lower bar because we already, you know, like Ollie got hit ahead of the report. And then Big Lots got hit ahead of their report because Dollar Tree, Dollar General, and Burlington all got hit too. They're all discount retailers. And somehow both of these stocks managed to go under those low bars that were set. You know, like you automatically think, okay, well, they set the bar low. If they say anything, okay, the stocks are likely to bounce. But both OLLI and Big Lots both miss on the top line, miss on the bottom line, and don't say anything good going forward. So amazingly enough, the low bars set for them by Dollar Tree, Dollar General, and Burlington, they come under those low bars. Big Lots, epic disaster in their quarter as well, if we just get yeah. the numbers here. Um, miss on the top, miss on the bottom, lowering full-year guidance, 590 to 605 versus 674. Yeah. You're seeing a clear theme here, and the theme is that people aren't afraid to spend money. They're not going to discount retailers as much as they were trying to you know, get the cheap couch. They're going to Williams-Sonoma and buying the expensive couch. So, and, and we know it's not everybody doing that, but if some people are doing that, that's enough to impact the bottom lines. I mean, 10% of people do that stuff, and you have these quarters. So that's the theme, is that people are spending more money, and they're not going to discount retailers to do it. When's uh, Amazon coming out with a dollar store? It's a reason. It's going to be a wrong thing to do right now. The dollar store is out of favor. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe that'll be a part of their... Should come out with Williams-Sonoma. Maybe that'll be part of their brick and mortar strategy. But and Spinner made a good point in, in the Benzinga.com chat is is uh you know Burlington, Big Lots, Ollie's. I'm not quite sure how much uh online uh growth or online exposure those the, I mean really They're not online retailers. Who, that's a good point. Who's it's shopping true. for Burlington online? You know what I mean? No. They, you know, you go into the store. Right. Like I said, you go into those stores in the Dollar Tree. Nobody's going to Dollar Tree online. Dollar right. General's in every small town, at least in Michigan. Right. You know, this is a grocery store. You know, remember we do the drive-thru yeah, when we're going out to Notre Dame? And I mean, there is just literally a Dollar General in every small town, in, it, I feel like, in Michigan. It's great. No, you're absolutely right. It's insane. Yeah. There's what something. you have to do with these uh, stocks is you gotta you gotta drill in on the monthlies here because these are very you know, historical moves. Uh, just to see for and I'll just go for uh, big lots. I mean, you've got a bunch of monthly lows uh, in the uh, below the area where we're trading at right now. So we'll go to the monthlies and I see 42, 42, 45, 43, 42 you know, ballpark that. So if you, you know, if you're waiting, perhaps wait till the season comes down this monthly's area, catches a bid right on the lows of the pre-market session. So that's for big lots. And then uh, Ollie's basement, you know, who was picking on this one? And I wonder if he held on because it went up quite a bit. Uh, Jeremy didn't like this stock, I believe. Uh, I don't know if he stuck with this. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, oh, Ollie's bargain basement. I've never been in one. Is there one? Is yeah, there any of those in the D? I've never been in one either. Is there any no. in the area? It's very. I've never even seen one of these stores anywhere to go in one. I'm gonna look to see where we have one. Yeah. Oh, we do, we do have one. Not not terribly far from Joel and I. Where? 
Um, is that where is that Novi? Um, Novi. Uh, where is that? No, that's in uh, that's Farmington. All right, that's not far from me. Um, yeah, I've never been. In, I've never even seen one of these stores. I big lots are everywhere. Like there's yeah. a big lots. I feel like on every other corner. Yeah, there's there a big are, lots around the corner for me. They're everywhere. I've never actually said. Yeah, yeah All right, maybe I'll have, to, I'll have to do some channel checks maybe this weekend. Yeah, not uh, not being sarcastic here, but if this thing ever gets back up to 77, 77, 50, look at all those monthly lows in that area. Weekday yesterday got hit on the other uh, on the um, uh, on the other retailers' news here. If uh, someone's fishing around at sixty six, I, I don't know, you know, if they're if they have any real intention here of stepping up at sixty six or just trying to bring a little stock in pre market low at sixty five seventy. If I had to throw a bid out there to cover short, I would throw it out at uh, sixty four. 56. I go 6460 just because your May 2000 low was 6455. That's just for today. So coming back on the, I mean, no bounce right now. If some big buyer does come in, I mean, if you're like one of these people that have to buy a disaster and you and you scoop it up off the open, I mean, I think you just have to throw just random, you know, throw some out at uh Let's say you get it at 67. I throw some out 67 and a half, 68, 68 and a half, 69, you know, all the way up because where it goes on a pop, you know, a rally is very hard to determine and only 40,000 shares of traded. One, one minute before we get Anne Marie, what is up with Sava? I was again? about to mention that. It is absolutely getting rocked once again. again? This has got to be one of the meanest stocks out Ooh. there. It 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 is the whipsaw stock of all whipsaws. I don't even know what the headline is here this morning. I'll, I'll, we just saw this stock just get Listen. hammered in the last ten minutes. Alan, you. are you out there? Alan, I hope you're not in this one. Go ahead. So so this is if you're not following the story, right? Um, there was a couple a couple of days ago. There was a negative report out that basically said that uh, Salva's data, and I'm I'm summarizing here very broadly, but some. Uh, Sava's data is not as good as they as they say it is. Uh, the company came out and and defended itself. There's another firm that came out and defended Sava this morning. This other firm, Quantrix, Q2, Q, QTRX, is your ticker on that. Uh, I guess they were involved in, in in the 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 analyzing of 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 clinical of clinical data. That's what the company does. And they came out and basically like said, "Hey, this is don't don't look at us. We did not." analyze uh we did not interpret the test results for for Kasava. uh the data that they presented we didn't we didn't analyze it don't they're basically like disavowing uh responsibility of this they're saying hey this hands off for us uh the data that they presented at, at, at asco we didn't look at it don't come crying to us about it we have no idea what, what they're talking about so uh that that, that statement came out like 10 minutes ago this is wild. Ago. Wild, wild, so, wild um, trading. Yeah. Basically, you've got a, a third-party um, testing uh, company basically saying, hey, no, hands off for us. This has nothing to do with us. We Sava is doing their own thing over here. So um, that's that's what the market's reacting to here. Uh, it's a bit of a complicated story, though. Like, like Dennis said, the stock is insane. Just whip it is, is it, Dennis, is this the craziest one out there right now? Well, we maybe do? SPRT has it trumped. It's pretty crazy too. But this thing is just up, down, left, right. You don't know what's going on. 
I mean, three days ago, they couldn't stop buying it. And now for three days, they can't stop selling it. So is it oversold? Absolutely. Like at least on a technical basis, but I don't know. Like we saw stocks, you know, we just saw a stock go from 120. It's probably oversold at 80. Now it's 57. So who knows where it bottoms. If you catch the bottom on this one, it's just bullshit luck because this thing is crazy. All right, let me. Uh, 53.19 was your June, though. If anybody's. Joel's going to give you a level. I'll give you a level. Just, these are wild. They can go anywhere. It could, be, just, it could end the day at 80. It could end the day at 40. It could end the day at 57. Again, these are the hardest stocks to trade, yeah, but everyone just, is attracted to them because money is made and lost fast. It, it, this is this is wild. I mean, one forty wild one forty six to sixty five to one twenty. Now back down below below sixty. I mean, two for one stock split, split in three days. Good so luck. Get the extra shares. Yeah, we do. Uh, um, uh, we do have uh, one uh, active chatter here that that I've talked to him about this stock and not given any levels because there's no no levels that are that are respected but uh one thing when we were talking about when it hit that 14275 uh you always got to i mean forget about the high forget about the actual all time high and some look at the all time closing high and that was 13530 and the reason I do that is because not much volume trades at the higher the low in these stocks right just could be like a quarter of a lot but you know, on the close, they're they're both buyers and sellers, right? You probably get some decent prints. And so that that was the focus number. The next day it went to 140. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Six sixteen, and you're thinking, yeah, baby, we're coming to one fifty. But when it came back down, I don't know how it traded. I don't know if there was news on that area. But if it came back down through that, when it came back down through that one thirty five thirty, you're going with the momentum to the downside. And that was a hell of a sale. And since then, even though it had the volatility, it never got back up to that level. So can't give you a ton of advice as far as these crazy stocks when they're busting out to new all-time highs and gapping and gapping and gapping. Uh, but the all-time closing high or the closes are important levels to me. Something to you. Something to keep in mind if you're trading these bad boys. All right, waiting on Anne Marie. So let's just keep it oh, going great. with the. I just saw she's coming. Button. She's coming. She'll never. I like. Never stood I, I, she I never like. Uh, I like what Alan said. The only levels that matter are your bank account. While I love <laughs> Sava, I love my capital more. Capital preservation. That is. Uh, that's great. That's the great, whole Alan. name of the whole entire trading game is capital preservation. That's all it is. Yeah. That is how. I mean. We know a little bit about trading, break trading, you know, we're like we're taking us back, you know, like we've hundreds and you know, maybe thousands of traders going through break trading and everyone you can, you can, when, when you get a new trader, Joel, and you, you, you are obviously in the break trading office, you get a new trader. You can tell within two oh, hours with probably 80% accuracy, whether the trader is going to make it or not. And it's how their, their attitude towards the market is, are they risk takers or, or capital preservation? If they're looking to protect their capital, they got a good shot. 
if they're looking just how do I get rich fast, they're probably going to blow out their account. I mean, again and again and again, we see the same thing. You know, it's a hard game in the long run. It isn't, you know, when you're in an eternal bull market that we've been in in the last year. But in the long run, it's a hard game to make it as a day trader. So you've got to protect your capital because you know what? It's not always going to be good times. That's that's the truth. Uh, on the earnings front, I want to go to Workday, which is uh, one of your big winners um, of, of the morning here. Uh, well, they got to buy something, right? Well, yeah. Remember, Why not buy uh, the tech? I remember when I'm on the daily on Workday. I want to say it was actually a, it was May. It was May. It was early May, I think. I think it was the headline that Amazon had canceled their their contract. Yeah, remember Work, that? Yeah, and Workday was like, "Hey, wait a minute, this isn't even new news for us." Anyway, Workday came out yesterday. They beat on their earnings, they beat on their sales, and they raised their guidance, their subscription guidance for the year, and their operating margin guidance. They raised all pretty much a lot of their numbers for the year yesterday. Um, it was a great report from Workday. The stock is up this morning, two sixty six. And remember, CRM and Workday pair very well together. CRM obviously beat earnings and they gapped up. They they held most of the games here, but it started to give back a little bit towards the end of the day, probably market effects to that to a certain extent. So again, this is the market that hasn't paid to chase either. I know there's some stocks that, and they'll point them out, the one that you did chase and make money, but it, it's been a tough market to just you know buy a stock up 7-8%. Because it seems like even in Williams Sonoma's case, and we thought it. Could yeah, I was just going to go to Williams, and it really did. It went through, and you know what? It opened and went to two hundred four. Like it was one ninety five, and we were like, "This could get C two hundred." It went to two hundred four, but look what they did after they pulled the rug out from under. And you know the stock fell twenty bucks from the highs, and and literally like we're looking at the two hundred four to one eighty four. I mean, in a, in a stock that was just kicking, you know, but you know here it was actually a tough long. It opened up near the highs and kind of faded all day. So it's telling you that sell the rip. I know as much as we talk about buy the dip, but I'll tell you from my experience, you know, right now selling the rip has actually been working better than buying the dip. And what do I mean by that? I short stocks. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm going and shorting Williams-Sonoma. I'm not saying I'm going short work day. But when you get some irrational moves, you know, on some stocks that are in clear downtrends, the the, the strong money has actually been shorting those stocks and making money. So sell the rip and or, or taking the profits. There you, know, you go. Too. Yeah, yeah. You, know, that, you don't have to necessarily. You might yeah. be long. Maybe you just yeah. want to take the profits. Since we have the rip has a, been working yeah. very, very well. Since we have such a you know a buy side um, crowd in chat yeah. that watch yeah. the show, so. and, and and everybody believes. Uh, but this, yeah. The, sorry, go ahead. If you just, uh, I wrote this up as a pre-market prep stock of the day yesterday, and there was a couple factors here that I was looking at. It was it was really quiet June, July, and August, right? For the most part, trading range. And then they bought it. They bought it ahead of the report, those two days ahead of the report. Uh, it even was a real slippery day the day before the report. It went to 176, but peeled off six bucks, closed at 171. So two days of big buying like that. You were opening up near the all-time high. It actually opened up at 199, and what you said it could be at 200. Within the first two minutes, it went to 204. Once it came back down through that open, they I mean, they crushed it. And then we also talked about the former all-time high. I was thinking that that was going to be a significant level off the open. It wasn't 194.77. Uh, and then it ended up taking that out and then some. So uh, Workday, the difference between Workday and Williams-Sonoma is I really like their commercials. <laughs> okay. 
they if you see their commercials, the workday ones, yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. I, I like that. Workday, workday. Yeah, it's like, the guy's like you're, on, you're on mute. Workday. <laughs> I don't even know if I know what you're talking about. You don't know that commercial because he TiVo's everything. No, I don't have. Yeah, TiVo and Dennis. Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're <laughs> at a meeting and they're like, well, what's we're, this company's doing better than us, and we should be doing this, and, and the guy's going, workday, workday. Work work you know, and then uh, and then Work like day. someone goes, someone messaged them, you're on mute, and uh, or they mentioned, or someone else mentions Workday, and then he unmutes. They're like, hey, hi, Chad, how you doing? We're just talking about Workday or something. <laughs> Pretty good. They're good uh, commercials. The best commercials are still Geico, though. Nothing beats. I haven't Geico, seen right? it. Have you seen them? No, I haven't any good ones lately. But when no. Geico comes out with one, they make me laugh. Like the first time you see it, I, I usually laugh right out loud, for real. Like not even like LOL, like I actually am doing it. So they're the Geico commercials are awesome. All right. Enough of the commercials. Uh technicals. Trading it to highs. Where's Anne Marie? I hope she doesn't. I just got done. Anne Marie has been before. we we've been texting the last couple of minutes. Oh she did God. not see my email. She feels terrible. She's not in the office. Uh, we'll, we'll reschedule and get it. She, oh, feels, oh, she feels terrible. I can show you the messages. She genuinely I needed feels the calming voice. She feels very bad. Weekend. I, now I'm, I'm going to be know wound up. Gonna, all weekend. You know what? I'm going to yell at her. I think. Can uh, we get Marcus? My dad says he misses Marcus too. And Marcus is our backup, Amory, because he calms me down too. Mm-hmm. And my dad was telling me last night that he misses Marcus. I miss Marcus as well. Okay. I, I when Marcus, Marcus doesn't want to come back? on our show, Dennis. I need to tell you that. <laughs> What's that? I, he doesn't want to come on our show. No, I have, he does. He likes No, us. he doesn't. I have asked him. Dennis. Dennis. I've asked him. I've emailed him. Okay. He does. He's being polite, Spencer. Okay. Uh, he's but, probably, I just want the people to know that I'm not ignoring them. When, no. When, right? He probably, he probably has a new T-shirt. And it, it, it doesn't say too. blank uh, ride. It says blank. Oh, it doesn't. He's yeah. not like that. He likes yeah. us. No. If I had a car, I know. It's, talk I, about do, it. I do trash ride a little bit. So, you know, obviously, you know, that might have been one of the factors. I mean, but... if, I, if I just one stock, I would have stayed out of. If I just went a one stock, you know, or, you know, and it's probably not overall affecting his, his psyche or his PL, but. Uh, well, I think that ride stock might be affecting his PL. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe he got out. You know, yesterday had a good day. You know, he would have had a good day yesterday, right? It was way all right. Um, can we talk? Let's do Bill.com and then we'll go to the chat for some tickers because Bill also had earnings. B I L L. Joel and I talked about this one yesterday. Is at an all time high into the report? Doesn't matter. Numbers were good. Actually, the numbers. Tech stock. Um, yeah, their, their EPS missed by a couple cents. Their sales were higher. Uh, and their, uh, their guidance actually. Whoa, is that? Wow, that's weird. Their guidance actually, their EPS guidance, the guidance that they would lose more money than, than estimates. Uh, sales was higher uh, by a lot, I guess. Their sales guidance beat by like almost double. So uh, for, this is for for the for the current quarter for Q1. So and and for the year actually, their sales guidance blew it through the roof. So I guess there's that. You know, what I, you know what I'm thinking here? And th- there's like a separation on these gap ups. Like it's like if you're you're a tech stock and you gap up, you have a chance of holding the gains. If you're a non-tech stock and you're gapping up 15%, you're probably not holding the gains. You notice that? It's like the tech stocks, they gap up and they sometimes hold. They, they, they don't all hold, but they sometimes hold. It's like the non-tech ones, they never seem to hold. Give me, I mean, I know Marcus about still the loves tech, tech. But give me uh, give me some of that. Well, I'm just saying William Sonoma from yesterday. Okay, you but, know, that was yeah. an awesome report. 
and you know, it gave back like over you know almost two thirds of the gains. But and, you it was know, still now up Baba, here. you could say Baba because Baba gapped up but didn't hold the gains. But Baba's Baba, right? So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just got this, and maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it's selective perception on my part. But I feel like some of these tech stocks have gapped up have actually held. And Etsy, oh, did I ever screw up Etsy? Oh, you're uh, out of Etsy? I know. And what? Saying, and you kept your Uber? You're out of Etsy and you kept Uber. Is that what you're telling no, me? No, I sold Uber. Wait, I, I got to know. Are you, are you out of DraftKings? Or, or was it Pen? I don't remember. G-N-O-G. No, I sold my Pen, too. I know. I'm selling everything. I'm like, oh, Daniel, always complain how much cash you have. I know I have a lot of cash. <laughs> and then you go and sell more. I'm nervous about this market. I've been in a lot of cash for a while. It's been wrong. I sold my pen yesterday. It oh. ran too much too fast. Oh, man. So and oh. I, you know what? Still got I sold part of my Las Vegas Sands. I cut the loss on that. I was I've been in styling stocks. I sold a lot of stocks yesterday morning. I've been selling stocks. I. That's what the name of the game. You buy and you sell, right? Not your long term portfolio, Dennis. You just buy. Anyways. You want to know something, though? If you just buy, and I guess in the long run, 10 years ago, that works really well. But if you've just been just buying in 2021 and not doing any selling, I don't think you're making much money. If you were just buying, I'm only buy stocks in 2021. I don't think you're doing very well. 2021 is a great year for me. It's one of my best years in like 15 years. So buying and selling has been working. If you're just doing buying, I don't know. I don't know. It's been tough. I guess if you're just buying SPY, it just continues to go higher. You're just buying Microsoft, which I still own Microsoft. It's like I have my core. I basically am SPY. My long yeah, you put it down all the time, and it's your. I that's you. what. Well, that's I know. I have SPY, so my long term, my biggest holdings, probably my biggest holding is probably SPY. I'm Microsoft, Apple, <laughs> all the same. I have the utility stocks. My portfolio is SPY, but it's not good to like trade. <laughs> it doesn't move. So I don't know. I guess I trade IWM and I own Spy. Maybe that's what you do. All right, let's do some ticker time here. We got ten minutes. Drop your tickers in the chat. Someone asked us about Palantir a while ago. Um, I mean, we get asked about Palantir every day. Um, I don't know what you guys, what you guys want to say about it now. And just uh, well, you know what? I don't mind the chart. It's in consolidation station. You have a clear defined out. So you would, I would say twenty three sixty six, the low of the move, just from this consolidation period is where I would stop myself out. That's only a, just over a buck lower. I don't mind the setup here. Maybe you get a breakout. Maybe, you know, these stocks start to get some love again. Tech stocks are still definitely in favor. Some of the growth tech has come back. Kathy's come back a little bit from the lows. So I don't mind it, but you got to stop yourself out. So I would say below 2366, I'd be out. But it's not a bad setup here. What do you think, PLTR? Uh, no man's land, really. And it's funny because when we talked about this um, uh, after the report, uh, we talked about the huge open interest in the 25 calls, weekly and longer term, acting as a magnet. And what have you, you know, it's been pretty Locked good. In. Yeah, it's been pretty good resistance. You know, maybe if some of those, you know, those calls are, you know, go off the board. Uh, you know, you re- the yeah, then maybe, you know, it releases some of that selling pressure. I haven't looked at the open interest. Uh, 2564 is your next daily high. Uh, you know, better yet. I mean, for me, just the way that, you know, the, these tops have been, if you're to really confirm another leg up higher, I'd say you have to take care of this red bar right here where you had a high just over 26. It's thick, you know, between 25 and a half, 26. If they can finally bust that, get above 26, then yeah, uh, make the move. But it's hanging. 
it's it's hanging in there after the report, uh, not really going down. Just kind of trade the range so far, and it's been like you could have done twenty four to twenty five. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. You know, five, six times. So it's in a range. Let's see if it breaks out of the range. Twitter hey, down right now. I, I would. That is. I was literally about to say. Can My Twitter's down. Can someone just check Twitter.com for me? I'm pretty sure it's down. How do you read my mind like that? Hot off the press. Twitter is down right now. Hot off the press. How does he do that? I was about to say, can someone just check Twitter.com? Not Twitter. Because you were doing ticker time, and I always have tickers thrown at me on Twitter. So I like to go look there, too, for the Twitter followers out there. My Twitter is working, guys. Right, yours Twitter is working. Yours is working. Mine's yours is not. working. Dennis, you guys are struggling. Who's okay? Twitter. That Canada's life, you know. They're trying to keep you out, man. Just me and Spencer. No, and it's not just you. you. Didn't even I trash Twitter today. No, no. I, I just asked on news desk, and they're saying it's down for them too. So it's it's tried refresh. Special. It's not working for me at all. I just got this scrolly little wheel going. On. Yeah, yeah. The wheel of death. I can show you guys mine. Mine's yeah. working. We believe you. Uh, Paul, Pat says is, uh, Joel's is working. Joel had Pat Mulligan's Lord Jam. They're, Mine's down. Chat. Chris's oh, is down. So some right. people are down. Okay. I am down. 100% down. Does this affect Twitter's stock? Let's see. Wait a uh, second. Is it a web-based? Hang on. Here's Fastly, Fastly Akamai. FSOY. I want to look at my Twitter on myself. I'll see what's up there. Fastly and Akamai. Nuts and bolts. Oh, well, look at this. What? It's working on my cell phone, Spencer. It's All working right. on my cell phone, but it's not working on my desktop. All right, weird. Well, that, that check your cell phone. That's weird. Uh, okay, Mr. Bossy Pants. Oh, no. no, no. Wheel <laughs> of death. No, I just refreshed once because it must have already been in the, in the background there. Yeah, Wheel of death there. Down, down from, my app is down as well. Yeah, it's down. Yeah, Twitter's not working for me either. They Dennis. hate me and Spencer. Dennis, did you know that single game betting is going legal? It just went legal last night at 12 a.m. Canada. 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 How do we profit from this? Well, you, I mean, SCR was to bet, but SCR is gone. I, I asked Joel. He he he's so bullish on sports betting. Uh, he I'm sure he has some good good picks for the whatever race is coming up. I don't know. Oh, uh, the Travers. Uh, I looked at it. Essential uh, quality. It's going to be the the heavy favorite. So I don't know. Maybe maybe look if um I'm not sure who Chad Brown is. Uh, 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 training, but I, I got a quick story. Quick story oh. that I was going to tell. Okay. Um, I was with uh, last Saturday after the event. Uh, I was scrolling through the TV, and uh, they were they were running races from Saratoga. Mm. And so they, they they there's a race coming up, and there was a horse named Technical Analysis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All in on technical analysis. I did. Joe went all in. Joe went all in. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was the favorite. It was a fake out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So I'm like, you know, I look to see what's in my Twin Spires account. I'm like, okay, done. And, uh, you know, I don't care. I don't have much money in that account. And uh, so the horse won. And just for fun, I, I, I texted Todd Gordon. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know if it was a Chad Brown horse or whatever. And he actually, he was at Saratoga. He texted me and he's like, okay, who do you like in the next race? And I'm like, oh man, you know? So I, I, I just glanced at the program. I just looked online and there was a Todd Fletcher house and I'm like, oh, he's a good trainer. But then there was another horse named um, Beautiful and Crazy. 
and that's uh, one of my favorite uh, songs, country songs by uh, Luke Combs. So I'm like, and he was seven to one. And I'm like, hey, Todd, you know, I, I, I don't know about this, but I'm, you know, beautiful and crazy. I'm throwing a few bucks on. Nothing major. My bet was technical analysis before. What happened with beautiful and crazy? <laughs> he got dead last. Oh. He texted me. But, well, I thought it was before the race was over, but you there was not least. So I thought course. he was rubbing it <laughs> in before the race was over. And he's like, stick to the stock market, man. And I'm like, oh, man. It was good. He said it from the, in the, in the Pletcher horse one. But, yeah, I saw technical analysis. I was like, get ready to hop in the shower. I'm like, oh, I got it. And, uh, and he won. He was a favorite. But uh, Essential Quality uh, is running. I didn't really take a quick look at the other ones. But uh, he he looks pretty tough to beat. Maybe find you know, something cheaper to back it up with with an exactor. All right, let's go back to the tickers here for a few more minutes. Let's look at Qualcomm. This is for stress relief riding. Qualcomm. We haven't, look at, it's we haven't talked about Qualcomm in about a year. Yeah, I've like had it. this stock in my port. I put this. This was one of the few that I bought in March of 2020. I bought right. it because I, I we wanted it forever, and Sean liked it for so long, and I think I picked it up at like six like right near the low you can see it got down to like 50 i think i bought it like 61 i've still got it so i did sell a piece at like 130 um did you sell some at 70 and buy back at 80 or something no, like I, that? I was before i traded i i did actually i bought it at 70 and sold 85 <laughs> and then went to 100 and i was pissed off so during like the so it was always on my list it's, i have your list you know like that's what you guys got to do in your long-term before have your list of stocks you want you get that ugly, ugly, you know, market, which we obviously had in March of 2020 to get your stocks back. That's when I used to reload Qualcomm. It's been a good one. So I don't know. It's it's. it's what do we want to know? One. What do folks want to know about this one? Um, I don't know. What do you want? Consolidation know? station. Yeah, I mean, double top, nothing fancy here. Uh, one one forty five and a half. That's your your three star number on the upside. On the downside. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you if you want a low to lean on one uh, thirty nine, one thirty eight, ninety six. But just a messy chart, you know. I mean, is was this the all time high one fifty two? No, that's not even an all time high. It's just it's messy. It's not you know. It's not in one of these modes. So I think it's kind of hard to call. Let's do like one or two more. Let's take a look at. I saw somebody mention. Oh wait, what was the one? It's not one that I'm familiar with. Um, sorry, guys. Did All you, right, Spencer uh, gets stressed out on the ticker time. It was it was, C- it was calm. It was calm. C O M M, calm. Comoscope. Yeah, I trade every once in a while. This thing got crushed. I don't know if that was earnings or what the reason for that is. Never recovered. It was. Yeah, and then you look and you get such it's such an ugly chart. It's like, oh yeah, you want to call. There's so much overhead supply and so much pain here that it makes it difficult for it to come back. So even though you're kind of consolidating, you kind of have come off the lows. It it, it kind of topped out where you thought it would come top out, which is the low from the day that they crushed it, the 16. So that's not good. So all of this sets up that it looks like the shorts are still in control here. C O M M. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm looking at C O M yeah. and I'm like, yeah. Georgia control. Two M. Yeah. 16 bucks. Double the M. Yeah. 16 bucks. Clear 16. It's got to go over 16 again. Yeah. That's sure. it. Uh, if Paul Thomas 111. We gave you that upgrade. You did. You did. We gave you that upgrade. Uh, if, if you, you know if what? You that's feel giving it love. Comscope. Uh, that Bank America helped out there. 
Uh, boom. Uh, for this one, if you feel like you missed the low of the move, and uh, what you went 14 and a half, 16, a buck and a half, 15 and a quarter, pick it up in this area, lean on the low of the Where move. Are you Coinbase. I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying here because we're going to have 15. Yeah. Seconds. Last yeah. one. Coinbase. Coinbase. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on Coinbase because this has come all the way back down. Again, you know, I trash talk it all the time because I think the margins are going to get squeezed. But from a technical basis here, Everybody loved it at 280. Now you're back here at all this support area. I could get talked into a swing trade on this thing. Huh. Yeah, lean on the 240 low. Lean on the 240. Yep, at 267 is what you got to get this going to the upside. Okay, guys, 9 o'clock. I got to hop. Spencer, Dennis, I'll let you uh, take it the Wait, rest of the way. Joel, Joel I don't th- we're not doing at the close today, right? No at the close okay. show today. No at the close show today. My or- Twitter is still down. My Twitter is still down too. Funny how that works out. Um, yeah. Even way- though everybody else's is working, just yeah, Spencer. Yeah, well, you. you know what you do when you see a site down, you gotta always check Akamai or Fastly, right? Because they're they they're the nuts and bolts of the internet. So uh, don't see anything from them either. Yeah, either. Fastly, how's this doing? It's Nothing. Out. I think the internet's still working though. Yeah, internet's fine. Well, you never know if it's like an AWS issue or if it's like a um, anyway. Okay. If Twitter's down, how do we tweet about it? Anyway, let's 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 get Peter talking on the I'm Einstein. Say, of, what? I'm gonna say goodbye before. Goodbye, Dennis. The Einstein of Wall Street, Peter Talkman. He's not on the floor today. He's from his kitchen. It looks like wherever that is. <laughs> dining room. It's okay. Dining room. Okay. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Spencer. How are you, buddy? We're doing well. We're doing well. Um, it seemed, we started the show off with some macro talk, which I'm loath to do, but we seem like we have a lot of things going on right now. Of course, you've got Jerome Powell today. Somebody asked what time that was. It's 10 a.m. Eastern time is when Jerome Powell will be speaking. Uh, Peter, do you have thoughts on how the market could react to that? Absolutely. I've spoken about it for a little while now, and I really think the only thing that could dislocate this bullish rally would be a fast track to taper. Right. For a couple, you know, I think what caused yesterday's red and uh, negative sort of posture coming into the end of the day was some early releases by some of the Fed governors, you know, that with the progress we have made, tapering and bonds and whatnot is appropriate. Right. And that's the only thing that could spook this market. Look, it's what took the market up. It's been the catalyst going forward. Uh, It's been the catalyst looking back that's taken this market from March 2020 to where we are today. So what? really the most significant thing of all, right? Guys, look, the market, you know, look, the, the, the economy and the market have been trading at some wild divergence, as we know, as the economy dealt with the pandemic and a complete global shutdown, yet the market has made double-digit growth since March 2020. We got to look at the components of that and the Federal Reserve is the stimulus and cor- cor- corporate support and all that the Fed did is the, is the reason for it, right? So, We've seen that inflation, yield, pandemic, none of these things have been able to dislocate this rally individually and even as a perfect storm together for any kind of prolonged period of time, right? We've seen a day or two or even a week, I think is the longest follow through that we've seen that any one of these individual economic components has caused any kind of a negative sell posture of the market, right? So why not address the fact that what's taking the market up stopping could take the market down and 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 it's significant it is a big deal guys it's literally like either the guy you know you're running out of gas on the highway you got your pedal to the metal and suddenly the car starts slowing down mm-hmm. and you get that nauseous feeling in your stomach like oh shit excuse my language uh, I forgot, you know, I, up here, we've all been there i think 
<laughs> I've run out of gas. Or yeah. there's no, I'm not pouring any more fuel on the fire. Yeah. You know what? I don't think that means it's the end of the world by any means. I know, as we've spoken before, there is a bid in the market. I went out last night for dinner with a friend, a trader I've known for many, many years, was one of the first RCMMs, which means one of the um, individual traders that was able to trade their own money on the floor back in the 70s and 80s. It was sort of a, you know, there were house brokers, there were commission $2 brokers, and then there were a few guys who were able to put up, they were very heavily restricted, but they were able to come on the floor and, and get involved in, in trading. And I've known him for 35 years and he and I talked and he's a big spider trader. And, uh, you know, he's a bear. He's always short the market. So obviously he's hurting at the moment. But he said, Peter, whenever I look, whenever, whatever we've seen happen over the last months and months and months, you know, there has never been any follow through on the sell side and the spies. Every time we have an open down 200 points, there's a bid in the market. So I think whether we go down 1,000, 500 or 3,000, relative, if they decide to fast track the, the taper, there's going to be a bid in the market, Spencer. And to Peter's point about, you know, the Fed kind of being the only thing that matters, if you look at, back with the benefit of hindsight, why did the stock market bottom on March 23rd last year? Because that was there was a Monday, and that was the day that the Fed came out and said, we are going to throw everything we can at this, mon you know, from a monetary policy standpoint. We are going to lower rates. We are going to start buying up all kinds of assets, balance sheet, balloon, right? That's what happened. That's what they said, and that was the bottom. And to Peter's point, we've had that tailwind at our backs for now a year and a half, um, and the time has come where the Fed has even admitted, hey, we, we've, we've been talking about taking our foot off the gas. We haven't done it yet, but we've been talking about it, and that's what has the market nervous. I'm curious, Peter, your uh, your thoughts on. I, I spoke at the top about multiple um, multiple balls in the air here. You've got the Fed, but um, I, I would also like uh, to hear your thoughts on the market's reaction to yesterday's events in, in Afghanistan. Uh, the market does, clearly doesn't think that we're going to war or anything like that. If it did, we would be a whole lot lower, probably. But what was your what was your take on on the market's reaction to that? You know what? It's hard to know what yesterday's weakness was all about. I kind of think it was the people posturing in anticipation of the Fed. You know, geo-global uh, uh, happenings, you know, historically don't, they, they sometimes short-term affect the market, but not overall. Whether people are lost confidence in the administration or whether they saw an attack on U.S. Uh, uh, US entities uh, abroad as a, uh, affecting the market, you know what? It historically doesn't really affect the look. Did what ha as horrifying it was as it was, and we know our prayers go out to everybody who lost a family member, servicemen, and all that. These are the people who step up to the plate when we're running out of the door here, guys. Let's be clear about that. We saw that 9/11 and elsewhere. So their service is deeply respected. Does it have an effect on on us economically? Not really. And the market is really hyper focused on that kind of stuff. You know. There have been times historically where we've had situations, whether the terrorist attacks or whatnot, that have really signaled that we're going to war. And that has affected the market clearly. That's just given the market jitters. Is that what happened yesterday? I don't believe so. Yeah. So we've got 
um, the Fed. We've got geopolitical developments we've got a hurricane maybe coming to the 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 gulf coast uh, this weekend apparently are there any other things right now you think uh are sort of weighing on sentiment in one way or another or is it really just all about what jerome powell says today you know what i think that is the preeminent situation at the moment but look let's talk about the fact that gdp numbers were 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 lowered a little bit that jobless claims were a little bit higher these are small components. At times, they tend to be what we focus on when nothing else is happening at the party. Yeah. But these are significant things. Let's, we got to talk about growth. We've, talk, we've got to talk about the variant and its effect on growth. And we're seeing that. And you have to realize that this is one of those, you know, it's sort of funny you think about it when, you know, you know, an Apple phone is an Apple phone, but it's made up of a lot of components on the inside. And sometimes you got to trade what's going on on the inside of, a, of an Apple phone, the chip makers and this and that. Well, in this way, the components that will make up the decision that the Fed makes today are significant things that the market will react to, right? Whether people are not going back to work because they're fearful of the, of the, of the uh, uh, pandemic and the uh, variant, okay? Um, I mean, it's obviously wreaking havoc on the lower states, is that going to transmit into the into the rest of the country? It's very possible. We're seeing it affect the rest of the world. Is that going to interrupt the supply chain? What is the inflation story? How transitional is that? The supply chain starting to ramp up again. What is the status of the consumer within this marketplace? Do people not want to go back to work? Are people not going to go back to their office? These are all things that will be weighed into the decision that they make by Jerome Powell today and the rest of the governors. It's so interesting. I, I keep coming back to this idea that um, normally we, we can't all, nobody can really agree on what is weighing on sentiment, right? Bullish or bearish, right? Uh, now, when we got a pandemic, everybody was in agreement. The pandemic is kind of the only thing that matters right now, right? Whether we get a vaccine. Um, and for, for a year or so, we, we, are, we are all laser focused on, on this one thing. And now we're coming out of it, and it's back to the way it, the way it used to be, which is like, look, do you, do you are, are, are are you talking about you know economic growth? Does, does that concern you? Does you know do rates concern you? Does geopolitical uh, posturing concern you? And there's all these other things in the air, and and like you said, uh, it's like it's everyone focuses on a different component, right? And we can't all agree on the component that matters most in any given time. Uh, and I, I, it, it's just funny because we didn't have that for a year and a half. We, we all were in agreement. Like this is the thing that matters. And now it's, we're back to being, to some extent, everyone's focused on their own different things. So rate, you know, rates, rates aside, right, uh, right. Um, uh, so it's I keep coming curious, back. To that. It's curious to note, though, that what, what an odd. I don't think there was any ever a playbook for the experience we've lived through market-wise, yeah. economically, over the last year and a half. But even though. We had the shroud of this pandemic on us. I, I, I don't think anybody, look, we've seen crisis before. We've seen the bailout of 2007, 2008. So when crisis comes, the Fed steps in and they backstop the situation, right? We've seen it happen before, although we've never seen a health crisis before this way. But I don't think anybody could have predicted if you had said on March 23rd that the Fed stepping into a global pandemic and backstopping everything would the market have reacted as positively as it has? I don't think so. I think we would have thought 
in retrospect, to look back, wow, I, I, I'm baffled at the incredible growth that the market has had in the eyes of the amount. Now, let's look quickly for a second. 2007, I think they put in $800 billion or $1.4 trillion into the marketplace over a three-year period. Yeah, that was, took a, that was took their, a while. That was their commitment. It was a longer-term yeah. situation. Here, yeah. we had a guarantee of $3 trillion being flooded into the market over three months. Like Boom. That. That's premium gas, buddy. That's yeah. That's not regular. That's premium. Yeah. And so the market responded that way. But I still think that it caught everybody off guard. They were guaranteed there were people short up the kazoo. It turns out a little tidbit that in order that, that anybody who understands shorting the market, the S&P 500, which historically has had a very high short interest right now, the cost of borrowing spiders to short them is the lowest that the spiders go. So it's a 25%, 25% premium to borrow spiders in order to short them, which means that there is absolutely minimal short interest in the market at the moment. Little tidbit. That's that's in such an interesting so I, I wonder why that could be. Is it well, is it, it is it because so, everyone's moving to the IWM? <laughs> no, no, you know, I you know I don't think so. No? I, no? Think that, I think that the bears have gotten just bowled over. Okay. I think that everybody is fearful of the next attack by the meme guys. And I think that the fact is that this market is a is like we're we're coming out of this, we're coming out of this like a rubber band that's about to take off, guys. And I yeah. think that the only thing that's going to sh probably short term rather than long term dislocate this bullish rally is going to be a fast track to uh to taper. Uh, I don't think we, we I don't think we can yeah, guys, I don't think we can underestimate the importance of what Peter just said, right? The the cost to borrow shares of SPY to short it are so, are, he just said, at an all-time low, basically, right? They're at the uh, lowest they go. They the don't lowest, go. The lowest it goes. They're at the lowest it goes. Let, well, let's not forget that. For all the, you know, bearish speculation, sentiment you can have, whatever, um, the market is saying that, uh, here, short me. It's easy. It's cheap. And nobody's doing it. And nobody's no one is doing it. So that that's a really, really good point. That's a really good point. I, I can't uh I, I don't want us to forget that because um that that that's a very telling statistic. Peter Tuckman, guys, um is the Einstein of Wall Street. The link to his trading academy and course are in the description of this video, Wall Street Global Trading Academy. Uh you can check him out, uh dot com, obviously. Um and uh that's where Peter and, and his partner David Green um really spend the time. You know, we have 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, but they spend the time to go a little bit deeper on how to actually trade uh and survive in these markets. So um can't recommend that enough. Peter, um thanks a lot. I loved that stat you just dropped on us. Appreciate right. it. We'll, we'll have to see what what Powell says in 45 minutes and, and how that changes things today. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Thanks. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold, Jerry. Thanks a lot, Peter. Pleasure, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.